I'm going to tell you guys something that we're going to work on that uh-huh. I'm really excited about, but we're going to do an episode. You guys are the first to get this info. You're listening to Good Is In The Details. I'm Gwendolyn Dolsky. And I'm Rudy Sallow. And this is the podcast where we learn what we didn't know we didn't know in the spirit of Socrates. And I don't know why I always wait for you to say something, Rudy. <laughs> should, I say, should I come up with something witty every time you say that? I think that would be great. I probably should, considering our guest is actual funny witty comedian longtime friend of the show but yes. I, nothing's coming to me right now what i was going to say was what she said but you know i'm not michael scott and that just sounds terrible <laughs> we're definitely learning what we didn't know we didn't know because so this is her third time on the pod aaron darling and she's the host of hot pizza ass and so when we had her on the first time we had a conversation about that which was just fantastic my students have listened to it this discussion about comedy and beauty and being in the industry and Erin is just a bundle of talent. So it was wonderful to have her on the pod again to talk about her latest project, which is called Popspiracy. We talk about how she and her co-host met. Remember that with the John story? <laughs> and yeah, and then we talk about some of the episodes, the work behind putting it together. And like I said, she's just a bundle of talent. She's got this great wit, but she has a really authentic personality as well. And she's also very insightful. It was cool to see her working on this pop conspiracy because you could see her skills from journalism coming into play. Yeah. So it was great. Hey, oh, I got to tell you. Also, just to plug Hot Pizza Ass, I listened to her latest episode. I was listening to it before we got on here. Guess who her guest was on her latest episode? Another friend of the pod. Was it? Dr. Angela Gorell. She did an oh, episode on the gravity of joy. Yeah. So everyone listening, you got to listen to that too. Buy the book, The Gravity of Joy, Dr. Gorell's book. Still, it's our interview with her is still one of my favorite ones. And I'm so, so happy that Aaron contacted her and got in touch with her to talk about that project or that did book. They, did they talk about us at all? That's all what I really care about. We got, Aaron is so sweet. She gave us a shout out at the very beginning. Dope. It's all about the shout outs, you know, because in this <laughs> podcast game, it's all about friends helping each other and Aaron is a true friend and has always been very helpful. Yeah. And she takes my my craziness in stride. Aliens come up again on this episode. Aliens and Area 51, government conspiracies. This is a fun conversation. I loved it. Erin is very easy to talk to. And yeah, people have a lot to learn because she's a hard worker, but she makes it, she makes it look easy. But all of this work that goes behind what you see, bundle of talent. A lot of talent. This is definitely a fun episode. Yeah. Podcasters talking podcast. It's very cool. Okay. Let's talk Popspiracy. I was listening to Popspiracy today, so I already have so much on my mind. Oh my God, which ones did you listen to? Some of them are just all over the place. No, 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 they're great. You know what's so weird is that, you know, I kind of came up in this digital age where there were so many possibilities. There was a lot less gatekeeping, I guess, per se, because content creators were all of a sudden empowered to do things and to create things and not only opportunities, but content that actually actually get seen with the advent of YouTube and with people on social media and podcasting, for example. So it's this really interesting time where I feel like I've been able to experiment and do a lot of different things. Maybe that might hurt me in some ways because... You know, people always tell you to like pick a lane or stay in a niche. And I kind of like to do a lot of different projects because I'm human and I don't really feel like I need to be confined to one brand. But I don't know if you guys like feel like that too, as creatives, just 
experimenting if you feel like you need to like be in one box or kind of jump around a little bit. But that's something I'd like to think about a lot. Yeah. I'm not very being in one box. No. Yeah, I, I still haven't even figured any box that I'm, that I'm quite <laughs> in yet. I just, uh, I don't know what boxes I can check. I mean, at least you can check that comedy. Because <laughs> I don't even, you definitely can't check the comedy box because that just doesn't even make any sense. Sorry, really. like, it was there. It was there. This was must there. be a joke amongst young people because I'm, I'm way too Thank old you. to even understand what you were saying, but at least you have comedy going for you, Aaron. <laughs> Well, thank you. Thanks. (laughs) We just did an episode on the idea of work and our relationship with work and returning to the sense of creativity. So anybody with a nine to five job or in the gig economy or whatnot, that there seems to be this disconnect with work because people put themselves in some sort of a box. And our guest was talking about the significance of creativity. And it doesn't necessarily have to be in the work production. It can be outside of work, but that that's what fuels you. But I think that that's kind of what's killing us is just this lack of possibility and creativity and thinking what we can give to the world. That's so true. And you know, what's so interesting is I have a lot of friends that are in tech or that run businesses and they're like, well, I'm not a creative. And I'm like, yes, you are. I feel like anyone that runs or builds a business is creative. I think that the way that people dress is creative, like getting up in the morning, dressing, that is this form of self-expression. People do it really, really well. The way that people decorate their house, like these are all forms of creativity. It's not all just like your public facing content or persona. It's like the way you live your life. People have these limiting beliefs and they go, oh, well, I'm not a creative, but you're creative. And, and it's vitally important that people like take a more expansive view of what creative is. Just just because you're not on a TV show or you're not on, not on a stage, performing music or you're not painting a painting, they don't monopolize the word creative. You're spot on, Aaron. Anybody that's built a business, and trust me, I've I've tried to build businesses outside of, you know, the law business and everything. It's almost impossible. I mean, it is absolutely creative to build a business. It's absolutely creative to throw a beautiful birthday party for your daughter or or throw or do something amazing. Like that, all of that stuff takes creative. It's just vitally important that people stop saying what they are not because if they keep saying to themselves that they're not creative, well, then that's limiting belief once again. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's talk about Popspiracy then since this is a, a new endeavor for for you. And I do want to talk about a couple of episodes, but I guess let's get the broader picture of how you came to this idea. And you and Megan are a great team. And the other question I have is that, is this a new sort of a platform? Because as I was listening, you do it live and then people can pop in and join your conversation, which is very cool. Is that how it works? Yeah. So to give a little bit of background about Popspiracy. So it started out as a TikTok project. We were actually pitching it as a TV show and everyone passed on it. And uh, this is something that we were starting to do kind of in the beginning of the pandemic, like the first six months of the pandemic. So getting a buyer was tough, but I knew that this was an idea that was going to work. I knew that talking about pop culture conspiracies was definitely something in the zeitgeist because people were talking about regular conspiracies. So we thought, well, what if we had a comedic point of view, talked about the things that are not damaging, you know, like the things that... QAnon or or things that would sway an election. Like, what if we talk about the weird pop culture conspiracies? Like, is Elvis still alive or not? What happened to Princess Diana? Things like that. And made it into some sort of content. When everyone passed on it from the TV end, I knew it was going to work on TikTok. And we took it to that platform and it blew up. 
And then through that, we're able to get this show with Spotify and it's on this app called Green Room, which is kind of like their version of a clubhouse. So it's a live social audio in the moment. So when you listen to our archived episodes, it is kind of weird because it's not produced, it's not edited. Even though we do write the entire episodes in advance and we research them and we rehearse it between Megan and I, you still don't know what's going to happen live. (laughs) When people jump up or say things like there are elements that you can't prepare for, which can be really fun and also very much like, okay, what the fuck is happening? (laughs) Well, I was thinking as I was listening to it, I'm like, she's getting back to her journalism roots. Do you feel that? I mean, because you seem very at home in that, um, in that show. I mean, you do in other things, but I mean, in this, uh, knowing that you were a journalism major, I was thinking, I think she's kind of tapping back into that. Is that true or no? 100%. And that's one of the things that I really like about it is the fact that when you're doing things on TikTok, you know, it's one minute, three minutes now, it's, you have these very short periods of time to tell a story. And a lot of the times these stories have a lot of research. There's a lot of backstory. You're talking about years and years and years, especially if you bring up anything that has to do with history. So if you're talking about something that's happened in pop culture or some sort of like literary thing, there's a lot you can go into and a lot of directions that you can go. So it has been fun for me to be able to take that thing that we were doing in one minute segments. A lot of those videos feel incomplete. They're short. You have to do a multi-part series to actually get information out. So to be able to do it for an hour... is like a godsend because it gives you the opportunity to actually research and tell the story and kind of make sense of something that is really hard to condense down to one minute. One of the episodes I was listening to was about fake relationships. And I want to give you in Hollywood, and I want to give you props in that that could have been such a superficial episode. But as I was listening to it, I was really impressed with the nature that you went into about the cultural and the economic need to pretend as though you were in a relationship because of something like being gay and the way in which to sell that. So it was a great episode because it went from something like, let's say, Kim Kardashian to all the way back to Katherine Hepburn. And I really made me appreciate how difficult that must have been and how, uh, let me just say, okay, it was making me think about how in some way that hasn't bled over into something that we've all talked about before, social media. That that presence that Hollywood was trying to put up, that what people, the everyday person is now trying to do on Facebook or Instagram is almost trying to use that as a mirror. And it seems like the the, the Hollywood relationship story as a mirror that everyone's participating in that now. And it almost seems like there's more need for the honesty on that level of media and Hollywood and celebrity for people to kind of maybe chill out and enjoy their own life. I don't know. Yeah, I feel like that was kind of like the natural place for our episode to go to conclude in that way to talk about, well, either way, we're kind of getting played and manipulated by the media when we're talking or so consumed with celebrity break up some romances when a lot of this can be fake and very well can be staged and historically has been for many different reasons. Like you said, it could be reasons to create a distraction, to give someone publicity, or maybe even to conceal their identity or what's actually going on with them that they don't want in the public eye. Either way, we're all getting played. So (laughs) I think it's fair to say that disassociating and creating that break for yourself, even though admitting this is entertainment, I think that's the thing too, is like news is entertainment. Just like 
I mean, this is not exactly the same at all. In fact, it's completely different, but like psychics. I like psychics. I like astrology, but let's admit that that's entertainment. You yeah. know? <laughs> like- Amen. I, I, I mean, oh my gosh. I'm so happy to hear you say that. Uh, I totally agree with you. It is entertainment, uh, Gwen. I, so you got to stop going to the psychics, Gwen. Yeah. <laughs> psychics well, are fun. I was it's also like- wondering, have you ever seen the film Singing in the Rain? I love that movie so much. It's probably one of the movies I've seen more than any other movie. That was the first thing that came to my mind was that film. That It's almost as though they were trying to let the cat out of the bag to let everybody know who was watching it. They were poking fun at the machine that is Hollywood where there were these faked relationships and what was really going on behind the scenes. I mean, wasn't that part of the joke that it was going from silent pictures to talking pictures in the main character she had a terrible voice and there were supposed to be some romance between her and gene kelly and it's almost as though like that was this whole way of letting the audience know that it's all fake absolutely i wonder what people thought about that movie at the time and if they just kind of consumed it as entertainment or if they were like oh i wonder if the people that wrote this were actually trying to like say something or you know if it made them question what was going on in the media because so many conspiracies they go back to that period of time there's so many that are alive and well today Uh (laughs) that are from that era like i just listened to this whole fascinating podcast that did a really good job of breaking down everything about marilyn Monroe and her death and her relationships leading up to her death. And I was just thinking to myself, wow, if any of that had happened now, you know, social media with ring, with cameras, we would know so much more about what actually happened to this person. And maybe if there was something nefarious that happened, justice would have been served in her case. But instead, it just kind of ends up being this tragic Hollywood starlet and we chalk it up to a suicide and then rumors fly around it. But there's so many people from that era that you're just like, well, this is really, really interesting. It has to do with like their relationships and conspiracies that were born out of crazy situations of how their life ended. You know, when you said that Katherine Hepburn was gay, I was also thinking like, oh yeah, that makes sense, right? I didn't know that though. But I guess I never thought of it because I'm using my contemporary brain and I didn't even realize how difficult that would be. So to pretend to be married and who was her husband and he was gay as well? She had a relationship with Spencer Tracy. Okay. Am I, I might be flipping the names. So Spencer Tracy, you had it perfect. Spencer Tracy. So they were both in kind of like a closeted relationship where they actually had outside partners. There were rumors that they were having an affair, which is kind of a not so blind item in Hollywood lore for years and years and years. But it was kind of like they're having an affair to kind of make it seem like they were both straight when they were both closeted. I thought that was really interesting because I had no idea either. But my source for that was biography.com, which I felt was a pretty legitimate source. But it's so strange because even with like historical things, you're wondering, okay, so what are these sources? Are they actually doing a good job of kind of finding like historians or people that actually wrote books about their lives? Or are these just things that are existing on the internet that again are recycling rumors? Mm -hmm. It's so hard to tell. I love that episode. (laughs) There was so much. And also just, it was also making me think of the responsibility of somebody who's in the spotlight that I don't know if it's, if it's, it seems like it's too much of a pressure to make somebody out to be, you know, a role model or whatnot. But I'm also thinking about being disingenuous, that that's, also not okay. Like you don't have to be a role model. You know, shade towards Catherine Hepburn. I absolutely love her, but 
I'm just thinking now today with so many struggles that people have, if you're being disingenuous, that could cause real harm to young people. Yeah. I don't know. That's that's what I was thinking about with the relationships. I think there's so much to learn there. And you know what? It's interesting because I think that way a lot. And again, this is just like a whole nother topic to get into. Look, a lot of people have had work done. I sometimes think about that in terms of the prevalence of even things like lip fillers. There's so many people that have lip fillers as celebrities. And now we're seeing like the age where people get lip fillers younger and younger and younger and younger and younger, which is just one example. And again, nothing against any of that, but it's just really interesting because then you think like you were saying, is someone a role model because they have a platform? Can we just disassociate that and not hold them to any standard, which is kind of where I normally fall. I don't think people have to be role models, but at the same time, they call them influencers for a reason. They have influence and it is changing the culture. Yeah. I saw some, some commentary by um, black women talking about how the black body is almost emulated by some of these Hollywood stars where their skin is darkened, their lips full, you know, the rear end and all of that stuff, just for the sake of whenever there needs to be a hypersexual type of a photo shoot or something like that. And this criticism is that you can remove that costume. Like you can't just use the black body, the black figure for your benefit. And then that's it. And I I'd never really thought about the cosmetic procedures done in that way, but it's very painful for black women, especially growing up where some women have talked about being teased for these features. And then all of a sudden they're on a white person and they're considered to be glamorous and, and very sexy and all of that stuff. Like there was an example of Ariana Grande, I think, of where in some photo shoot or music video, they darkened her skin. It's very obvious. And then when she was on the cover of like Vogue or something, she clearly had her skin lightened so that there was this idea of, wait a minute, what is it that counts as beauty versus sexy or what is, who is your audience? What are you trying to do? And I just never, I guess as somebody who's white, like I just hadn't noticed that, but now I'm definitely more aware of what it is that is trying to be, I guess, bought or sold as sexy and if that isn't harmful. Yeah, and then also some celebrities have in their contract that they are not to be photoshopped. Some of them have photo approval for um, big things like a magazine cover, and some of them are not involved with what the images end up being. So it's all this kind of complicated gray area that it's good that people are talking about, but then also who is like culpable, who's responsible, who's to blame. And it's so hard to even address these things without knowing those things. So did Ariana Grande respond to that chart? Or oh, she I, say I don't know. I don't know. It was a young black woman who was a content creator and on TikTok and she pointed that out and I honestly can't get the images out of my mind. So really? I don't know if Ariana Grande ever responded to it, but it's just when somebody pointed it out, it was so glaringly obvious. Wow. And and I've seen that. They, they've done that too. I think that happened to Beyonce. I think when she did an ad for some cosmetics, when the ad ran in magazines that were predominantly for a black audience, her skin was darkened. And then when she was in magazines for a predominantly white audience, then her skin was lightened in the photos. It was the same photo. Yeah, I know. And now a quick break to tell you about our sponsor for this episode. Gen X This Is Why podcast examines media from the Gen X childhood of two sisters, Jenny and Amy. And they're very witty. They have great banter. You got to check it out. And when you do check it out, let them know that Good Is In The Details sent you. They talk about film and pop culture and how it affected them. Gen X This Is Why covers movies from the 70s and 80s and Little House on the Prairie. I listened to a couple of those episodes. Very good. 
Through these shows and movies, Jenny and Amy are discovering the origin of some of Gen X's weirdest fears, phobias, and social norms. They've covered movies like Dirty Dancing, Pretty in Pink, Top Gun, and more. I mean, these are top-notch for Gen Xers. Find Gen X This Is Why on most podcast apps and by visiting genxthisiswhy.com. And now, back to the show. I want to talk about another um, another one that I think it was about the sleep paralysis. Oh my which God. you know what? So I was lying down, ready to relax, and I hit play. And then at the beginning, you warned, "Don't listen to this if you need some sleep." <laughs> and I'm like, "I can handle it. I'll be fine." You know? Oh my God! Oh my God! So maybe we can backtrack. How do you get the ideas of? where these shows are going to go? And then how did that one come to mind? To answer that question, Megan and I both have different interests when it comes to pop culture conspiracies. Anything that you hear that has to do with mermaids, deep sea exploration and creatures, she loves that. Sleep paralysis is something she's obsessed with. She wanted to do that episode. I was like, let's go all in. I'm the one that writes the celebrity, like the one that you referenced before about fake relationships and um, things like History of Santa. I think I did that one too. But we alternate based on what's happening in the season and what's happening culturally and per our own interests. So Megan loves to talk about sleep paralysis and we've done a couple of TikToks about them and it's not anything that I knew too much about, but there are tons of conspiracies about why this happens and how it happens because so little is known scientifically. And it's something that's been happening since the beginning of time when people could sleep. So we have like this backlog of all these cultural explanations. Everyone has like a different explanation of why it happens and how it happens. And so she went in <laughs> this crazy research and it all involves demons. Yeah. Your soul I was, was being sucked. <laughs> yes. So really forward. <laughs> Demons scare the shit out of me. My wife knows this. Like, I I really don't like any movies about the devil or demons, and I'm freaking out just listening to this. Oh my gosh, don't listen to the episode, Rudy, because it was really crazy just to hear all of the explanations for why people believe that this happens. I was genuinely freaked out too, and I think I've listened to that episode maybe three or four times. Same thing, I can't listen to it before I go to bed anymore. And you know what the weird thing is that I noticed? is even last night I was going to sleep and I kind of would wake up out of my sleep a little bit just slightly because like my neighbor's house light turned on or something it like shone into my window but I would hear noise or I would see the light kind of but I'd be so tired that I'd be like I can barely move and I'd be like is this sleep paralysis what's happening wasn't a part of the explanation was that it's this moment where your REM sleep is interrupted and, but your body can't move, but Mm -hmm. you feel like you're still in a dream state. Yeah. That's kind of the closest that scientists can explain to it is that it's a disruption in a REM cycle. And exactly like you said, it's your mind is starting to come too, but your body's kind of asleep. And some people experience it in like a way crazier and more traumatizing way, like when you really can't move your body. And then some people like me had like a minor experience the other night where I was barely waking out of sleep, but my body was dead asleep. And that's the closest I've ever had to experiencing it. Have you guys ever had sleep paralysis happen? Yes, definitely. Really? I definitely have. I, yeah, for sure. I, I for sure that's happened to me before. Tell us. 
<laughs> Go on. <laughs> I mean, there's been a couple of times where I have, it was like a disassociated state. Like I couldn't, I, I, it was one night actually when I was during a partner retreat about three years ago and we were, we were staying at the Fountain Blue in Miami and I went to bed early because I wasn't feeling well. And it was 12 hours of, of hell of that, exactly that, that feeling of, I wasn't sure if I was actually awake or asleep. When the morning came around, I, I wasn't actually sure if I was dreaming or if I was awake. And I had to jump onto a flight and go to Washington, D.C. And, and then the whole, just those whole two days are just complete blurs to me. Wow. The one thing that really shocked me about that episode was the amount of people who came up on the show because it's live and interactive and shared their experiences. And there were a lot of people, as someone that hadn't really experienced it to the extent that I could like identify it prior to us recording that, I really didn't think that it was that common, but there were so many people that had a story to tell or an experience and I was shocked. What is that like doing this platform as opposed to when you do stand up or when you do hot pizza ass to have a type of podcast where people can pop up and it's interactive? And do you have the same people popping up? Yeah, sometimes we do have similar people that come and listen to the shows and interact with the shows. Sometimes people jump in just because of the title of the room. And some people come in because we promote it and ask them, like, if there's a specific topic. Like last night, we were talking about music and mind control. So we kind of went back and talked about frequencies and pitch and the standardization of like certain frequencies that are used in pop music, subliminal messaging, like backmasking and all this kinds of stuff. So I have friends that know music theory. And so some of them came on and we'll try to have people that we think can contribute maybe to encourage other people to speak. And then sometimes we just kind of see who shows up and do it. In some ways, it is similar to any type of live performance because hey, you never know what's going to happen when you're doing stand-up or like anything like that too. You just kind of go with the flow and you're in the moment and you prepare what you prepare and you have to be prepared to also be derailed a little bit and like bring it back to focus. How do you and Megan know each other? How did you guys end up becoming a team for this? So Megan and I are both comedians. We met, oh gosh, we actually met in the weirdest way. We met because we were booked on this show in Seattle. There was this guy on social media that neither one of us knew in person, but he would interact with us a lot. He booked us and maybe two or three other comics on this show. He made a big deal about it. He paid us in advance. He was going to fly us up, rented out a theater. We're like, great. She's the only other girl on the lineup. I'm like, cool. We followed each other on social. Then the guy who books the show takes us out to dinner. He takes us to EPLP. It's kind of like a scene. Like people go there. Influencers might go there. Like people go, they get dressed up. There's like like a rooftop bar. I should, I should tell you right there why I've never been there because it sounds like that's where that sounds like where that's where cool people go. Is that what you is that what you're saying, Aaron? I think that's what you're saying. Some cool people go there, but you guys are cool, so who knows? You might long, long, long Thank time you. ago in a galaxy far, far and away. Speak for yourself. I'm going. I'm, I'm only talking about me. I'm not talking right. about you. Yeah, you're gonna come with me. We'll go. But um, <laughs> basically, he takes us to this dinner. It's really nice. There's it's like a whole thing. He orders literally everything on the menu. He's like, what do you guys want? Let's just order all of it. One of everything. Buys this nice wine. Every comic that's on the lineup is there. I meet Megan in person. We're like, this is great. We're going to do the show in Seattle. 
Then he tells us he lost the venue. We're like, oh, okay, whatever. He's going to find a new venue. Then he's postponing the show. Then he disappears on social media. And Megan and I were both like, hey, what happened? I don't even remember this guy's name. Let's just say John. Hey, whatever happened to John? I don't know. Do you ever hear from this guy? I don't know. And then we both start investigating. We start trying to find him. We realized we didn't ever really know his last name. God. We realized that the Venmo that he sent us, the money, we all got paid, doesn't exist anymore. He deleted everything. We don't know what happened to this guy. Oh, yeah, I don't even know if that's his actual first name. We don't He's, know. So an alien took you out <laughs> to a really cool place or something? I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm just I'm shocked to hear like it, <laughs> no trace of this person at yeah, all. It was the best alien abduction I could have ever asked for. I mean, that's cr- that's crazy. <laughs> nobody us took us out to dinner. That's crazy. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Isn't that weird? So that is the story of how you and Megan met. Megan and I met like that. And that's how we realized we both like investigating weird stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Now it all makes sense. Yeah, it turned into this friendship. And like, obviously we're always, we we wanted to collaborate on something and then the pandemic happened. And we kind of had this idea because we were even just sending each other weird articles. Like when people didn't know what COVID-19 was or like all this stuff was going on. It's like, we would always be kind of investigating for energy entertainment, just sending stuff back, being like, what is going on? And then we were like, okay, maybe we can actually be doing this for content. Uh (laughs) And we did. (laughs) Yeah. So it's weird because like people don't realize that this is something that we've been doing for a long time. And sometimes unless you have a conversation with me, like you don't understand like how far back this goes, like how long Megan and I have actually been working on this project. It's been over two years. It didn't just come out of nowhere. Like we've been kind of always doing this and trying to figure out how to bring it in some format to the masses <laughs> and it ended up being Spotify, which is really cool. Yeah. That's so awesome. That's so cool to hear. And it's, I love the backstory. The backstory is really, <laughs> you got to get, I mean, you got to find John, whatever his name That'll is. That'll be one of your episodes. Absolutely. I know. Maybe please, you have, please do that. Maybe I should make a podcast about finding this guy. Finding John. What I mean, I would, I would, John. If, I was, if I was scrolling through podcasts, I don't know what the hell am I going to listen to today. Finding John. I, all right. Let's figure this. I mean, if there's something catchy to that. Yeah. Maybe we should make it. We'll make a documentary about it. The other day I went on a walk and I listened to, I just checked out like what are the top podcasts right now. And there was one that was some, called something like Finding Bobby. And it's all about some person who, you know what I'm talking about? Like no, some just founding, who, fi- Finding Bobby sounds terrible. Finding John. <laughs> John sounds real, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. Go ahead. <laughs> Well, it was just I, for my walk. I just listened to the first episode, but I was already hooked because it's one of these things about how the internet can, you know, make somebody give somebody the the room to pretend in a whole new way that they are somebody that they are not really in real life. And so I have to find out what happened to this person. But did you listen to this? Yeah, because you guys, when I go on long flights, and I've been on a couple long flights this past year, I always try to download podcasts because. I can listen to them and, you know, not use the internet. I didn't know what to listen to and I wanted a really good narrative one. And I found that Finding Bobby and I was like, that's interesting. Okay, whatever. I downloaded two of the episodes and I also became hooked. And I listened to the whole thing afterwards when my plane landed. I was like, I have to know what happened. <laughs> Did you like it? You're, you're no, I've only listened to the first one. So don't tell me what happens for the rest of them. But every once in a while, I love stuff like that. Like I remember getting hooked on Dr. Death and that one just... 
I had to tell everybody about it. I couldn't stop talking about it. That one, I don't know. That one's good. I also, um, I really like Even the Rich. It's a great oh. title. I could only imagine what the way you could fill in with that dot, dot, dot after that. Okay, so there are these two girls. It's a Wondery podcast. I love Wondery. If you like Dr. Death, you would probably like Even the Rich. But they go and they do this content where they tell stories, kind of like celebrity-focused, short, really short, like four episodes, two episodes. Right now, they're doing Patty Hearst's kidnapping. They did one about John Paul Getty's kidnapping. They did one about Jessica Simpson, like based off of Open Book, her story. They'll go back and they'll tell these interesting stories about crazy families and, and their stories and how they're relatable. Even the rich do this and that. But it's really not that relatable because I'm like, I'm not getting kidnapped for my money. <laughs> but good stories. <laughs> One of the best, really quick, and it's somewhat relatable when you're talking about not necessarily conspiracies, but there is a conspiracy theory element. The danger of people that are, you know, want to, you know, some people that want to believe the world's ending and religious obsession and they, and they want to build bunkers. And if they get obsessed so much with that line of thinking, terrible things can happen. And in fact, that actually happened. There's a podcast called Norco 80, which is about one of the most famous bank robberies in the United States' history, which happened out in North Norco, California, which is right outside of Orange County, Orange County border and Riverside County. And this robbery is the reason why the militarization of the police in the United States occurred. This robbery was so brazen, and these robbers had so many guns that it actually completely changed policing in the United States. And so this wonderful analysis was done about, okay, let's talk about the robbers. Who were these people? Were they conspiracy theory, bunker, you know, doomsdayers? Yes, they were. Okay, let's talk about the robbery. Okay, let's talk to the cops that are at that robbery. Okay, let's see how the United States has been affected because of that one robbery and talk about how much billions and trillions of dollars went into policing because of this one robbery. It's called Norco 80. It's like eight episodes, 10 episodes long. I couldn't recommend it enough. There are conspiracy theory elements to it. Okay. I just looked it up. I'm going to download it. That's true. (laughs) You're going to love it. I'm telling you, it's it's phenomenal. It really is. Okay. Something I really like about uh, this conversation is that the work and the research that you do to make an episode happen. I think that that stuff is all interesting, the process. So when it comes to an episode worthy topic, what is your process? What is your week like when you're prepping for the show? Where is it that you're searching? How do you get your ideas? And then how do you run it by Megan or how does Megan run it by you? Oh my God, you always ask the best questions. No one ever asks me stuff like this, but I love talking about it. So what we do is we normally work in month long cycles. So we'll pick out our next four episodes. So Megan and I will discuss that and we'll delegate it based on who has the primary focus on that. So mermaids and sea creatures, she'll do. (laughs) And I'll do more pop culture, maybe like celebrity driven stories or something like that. We divvy them up every other week in terms of writing responsibilities, which is nice because it kind of gives us a little bit more time to research and prep and we'll go and we end up writing probably nine to ten pages of a story of research segments that we want to do and then we also put all of our sources like in a separate document which we put on our patreon for anyone that wants to actually go through and read stuff or if anything that we talk about interests them and they want to go further it kind of depends because some of the subjects that we talk about there's a lot of actual academic literature on there's a lot of 
of news articles that we can source. So those are easier to write. And then some of them are more like urban myth based or they're just more conspiratorial in nature. For example, we did the 27 Club. And that's something that was kind of hard to write because I wrote that episode and there's a lot of moving parts to it. And each person that's in that club has their own conspiracy theories about Mm -hmm. what actually happened to them. And then of course you have the lore of the 27 Club, which is its own like set of mythology and why people believe it exists and how it actually happened and where this concept became part of pop culture. So there's a lot of moving parts to it and it just depends heavily on what we're talking about. Sometimes we can debunk things, sometimes we kind of can't, but if we can't, we try to do a really good job of actually telling the story and saying, okay, where did this start and how did it become a thing? And as long as we can kind of answer those questions, we feel like it's a good episode. Of course, there have been episodes Mm -hmm. where we even go back and forth as we're writing it and we're like is there anything here like are we just talking about rumors like we're not 100% sure sometimes if we're even like making the right call on what to research and sometimes you don't even know till you're three or four pages in (laughs) you're like okay like I wrote this much maybe we're just gonna have to acknowledge and preface the whole episode by saying hey we realize that a lot of this is kind of maybe based in rumorville but let's go on the journey anyway because we prepped the episode (laughs) so it just differs a lot well the mermaid one was really cool because you go into the history of i think it was like 5000 bc when mermaids were first written about in literature and where did that come from and then it went to i think it was you put into perspective why we have not done as much uh, exploration of the water or the oceans as we have of space. Mm -hmm. And I thought that that was so interesting because you put it into perspective of, wait a minute, how far down have we gone? And I think it was something like seven miles that we have done, but that there's so much more and that we don't have the equipment to deal with that much pressure. And that's just extraordinary to me to think that we have the ingenuity to be able to launch ourselves into space, but we don't have the technology to be here and go. So I guess what I want to say is that the mermaid episode was actually really cool because of all of this research of like, where's the myth? What is the reality? Why do we think about them? It was was really fun. It is really crazy to think that the remains of the Titanic are at 12,000 feet below, but the Mariana Trench is like three times, 36,000 feet deep. Was that the seven miles down? Is that where I'm thinking? I think so. I think seven miles has to be a wrong estimate, though. I don't know where that came from. The scariest thing is the ocean. (laughs) There are no aliens. We've already covered that on another episode, and we've gotten that confirmed. But there's actually really scary, unknown stuff in the ocean. And it's so vast, and it's so scary. I'm scared of the ocean. I don't know about you. (laughs) It was blowing my mind, because I was thinking, like, oh, my God, we are sharing a planet with this entire world that we have no idea about. Idea. No idea. And we can't because we don't have the... T- so it was, a, yeah, great episode. But, right, what a, a great movie on that point. You guys ever seen The Abyss? Um, that, no. The, uh, yeah. the Abyss? Yeah, you have to. You have to. The, the, the Abyss with James Cameron is pretty much like, I'm not going to say anything. 
<laughs> go watch that movie because the trench that you're talking about is in it and, and all of the deep water pressure and everything it's, it's a, one of the most well-known science fiction films of the last like 20 to 30 years if you guys are interested in this topic at all about how crazy the ocean is you'll love the abyss yeah so this past week i watched the one of the documentaries i think james cameron has made two documentaries about the titanic but one came out a couple of years ago and i think it's called ghosts of the abyss it's only one hour it's also really cool i watched that it's bill paxton <laughs> he goes down to the titanic amazing but it's really amazing because you see it's really good footage of what it actually looks like and how well preserved even now it is i'm gonna guess probably because it's so freaking cold. Yeah, that's but, correct. Yeah, they were able to like match up what it is now or what certain rooms are like now, even like preserve stained glass windows and line it up to the floor plans or photographs of what it actually looked like at the time. It's just so wild to think that that's been under there for a hundred plus years <laughs> and yeah. how well preserved it is. Actually, you know what? It makes me believe in cryotherapy. I should start doing that for my face. <laughs> Is that where people like get into the really cold or whatnot? And then like, that's how they start their day or wait. Yeah. I... They get in the cold and it's supposed to like slow down aging and stuff. I believe it after seeing the Titanic. Have you ever seen, uh, <laughs> you've never seen Vanilla Sky, uh, Gwen? Oh, with uh, Tom Cruise. You ever seen that? That, that cryo-freezing cryo -freezing oh, is a theory right. that's a part of that. Yeah, um, that movie was so painful. Was oh, don't say that. It's one of, I love that movie. Oh, shush. Fantastic movie. <laughs> uh, but, but, no, but, but in all seriousness, there are people that are cryogenically frozen today. And so, Aaron, that's what I wanted to suggest as a topic. Since we're on this topic, you can go get cryogenically frozen. You can go get your body frozen right now, and they will preserve your body just in case in the future you can be reanimated i mean Can there, you there be are on a real wall, like han solo uh, kind of you're in your own little frozen chamber and and you get your little space and this is legit i'm not making this up i'm saying a good topic may be can you really be cryogenically frozen yeah i think that you can a legend has it that walt disney is correct that's that. one of the, the bingo that's one of the legends out there that's right yeah that's exactly really right. interesting that would be a really really good episode so i'd be happy to volunteer to get violent uh, cryogenically frozen as long as there's you some you want some, to Sure. You know, I want to live forever. You haven't been listening to the podcast episodes. I have this whole fear of death that's been coming up. Uh, I want to live forever. Well, that's not living, though. Uh, depends. <laughs> depends on what you're, what you're, how do you know? <laughs> how about this? This is pop culture, and I think everybody universally can agree that there's some crazy things happening there. And I have my own theories. In fact, I've actually taken my theories and put them into a book. Put that aside. Area 51. Mm -hmm. Would you ever cover something like what really goes on at Area 51? Yeah, you know what? We're going to do a two-part series about aliens. And I'm sure okay. that will end up coming up. I think actually think those, those are our next two episodes where I'm going to talk about aliens. Let me recommend something to you then. Okay. Um, which I just listened to this weekend because somebody knows about my my theories about Area 51. Okay. They, they suggested something for me. So as part of your research, go check out It Could Only Happen Here. It's a well-known okay. podcast. It's a iHeart Radio podcast. And they do an excellent episode on Area 51 and they debunk 
a lot of theories based upon Area 51. They don't go into conspiracies in a way. They do, I take that back. The one conspiracy that they talk about is, and, and this is one of the premises, is it's amazing that the United States government doesn't push aliens forward as a possible excuse for all of the crazy, crazy shit that the United States government actually does and the crazy, crazy weapons and machinery that the, that the United States actually puts out there. It's amazing that they don't use aliens as a cover even more. That's the premise of that episode. It's very, very good. But you could tackle aliens, you could tackle Area 51 from a billion different angles. It's a very interesting one that I would recommend. Yeah, okay. I'll definitely have to check it out. I just Googled it, so. Oh, Look yeah. at us already. We're like, okay, we're running so, by Megan. We need to get Megan on the next Zoom. <laughs> no, we need to get Megan on. Okay, so I'm going to tell you guys something that we're going to work on that uh-huh. I'm really excited about, but we're going to do an episode. You guys are the first to get this info mm. about wedding culture. Big oh. wedding industry. Which I love I, it. I love it already. So excited about, yeah, we want to start doing a whole thing about that, examining why we spend so much money on it, where this all started. What is the significance of all of it? And do you guys know about the De Beers conspiracy? Uh, for diamonds? Yeah. So, you know, De Beers is not only a brand, this is also like the mine and they are the ones that created, I think in the forties or fifties, that campaign or the rule that a man has to spend, I think, the salary on an engagement ring. So they were the ones that spread this and created it as some sort of ad campaign. So, and that they profit from, but for some reason it's stuck and it's now part of our zeitgeist or part of our societal rules, which I think is fascinating. And now it makes me like, this is such bullshit. The fact that we bought into the size of what a ring should be or how much it should cost. That's awesome, Erin. I want you to go out and tell everybody. I want you to debunk that. Oh, Rudy. I've definitely (laughs) been a part of that theory. And many men have too. We've literally had the conversations of, okay, well, what's your monthly salary? Oh, it's X. Well, this is what you have to spend or else you don't bother asking her for it. It's everybody I know has had that conversation. I'm not kidding around. I think women, like we have an expectation too of like what something should be or what we should get or what's insulting or what's not big enough and, or you can choose to be- And then there's the ring. Yeah. And then there's the ring. (laughs) Oh, wait a minute. Okay, I got that one. I got that one. Wait a minute, hold on. So that one took me a couple of seconds. Now thinking the box was something sexual and now I'm really stupid. You were like, I don't even know if I was in the box. Yes, I don't even. (laughs) Okay. This is supposed to be a PG show. Sorry. I I know, I know. It's Uh, like, it's been a long day. You can tell that I have not interacted with enough people. No, 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 no. no. Let me say everything inappropriate on my podcast. It's not big enough. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. You're good. I love it. Erin, Erin, you might want to have her write some jokes. Oh my God. Maybe I'll have to make, I'll make a video about that. People are making a lot of money off of everyone buying into that idea, mm-hmm. including women that they are to be bought. It's too much pressure and people are making so much money off of all that pressure. I love yeah. big weddings though. I do. I mean, I, yeah, no, as a guest, especially with open I mean, bar. No, even I mean, my, my wedding. I mean, I insisted on it being big, much to the chagrin of my in-laws or anything. And I tried to have everybody there and it was the greatest day of my life. I, <laughs> I was the greatest party of my life. If when I'm cryogenically frozen mm-hmm. and <laughs> you get stuck with the dream that you live forever 
you know, until they wake you back up. I want it to be my wedding day and wedding party. That's Aww. the one I want to, I want to live over and over and over again. So at what year fun. would you decide to be frozen? Because then I'm thinking like, there's some years really where good I'm like, right now. So like, I'm like, I've been working out, been really hard. <laughs> what I mean, if work out for another like, year and then. But, like, shit. I mean, that's, that's what I'm thinking is like, then you miss out on so you miss out on so many years, but then if you wait until you're older, it's like older, like eighties, nineties, then I don't know if I want to be unfrozen and be 90. Right. Some more. You know what? Go out on top, right? Quick while you're ahead. Right. Isn't that what they say? I still got all my hair. I got half most of my brain. You you're know not what I'm saying? Frozen. Who would podcast with me? I, I don't know. I, I know. You know. There's so many problems. But okay. Then- <laughs> I'll transfer myself. I'll transfer my body, my mind into a computer so you can keep going with that. But my body will be cryogenically frozen. How about that? You can okay, best of both worlds. Let's get back then- to Aaron. Aaron's doing, Aaron's <laughs> doing engagements, diamonds, um, weddings. You said that you and Megan have different interests. It obviously works. So what is the dynamic of your different interests that you think makes Popspiracy really work? You know, what's interesting is that I, it's so hard to answer that question because uh, like we are very, very different. We have different sets of beliefs, but I think it works because she kind of likes investigating things that like are a little bit more wild to me that I'm like, oh my gosh, how would we scientifically do an ep- like episode about mermaids? I don't even think there's enough there, but then she'll end up figuring out how to do it. And it's really fun and interesting and cool. And then I'm the one, I think that's just like a little bit more, maybe like a little bit more nerdy about my sources or can, do I actually think that like historically I can find data or academics that have talked about this that would actually make this something that I could write? It's like you're writing a nine to 10 page paper every week. (laughs) And so I'm like, I never want to dive into a topic that I think I cannot find the information, the sources for. So I think that in certain ways, she's maybe a little bit more creative than I am with the way that she thinks about putting together a story and I'm a little bit more nerdy about what I'm sourcing and how I write the episodes. Almost like a team. It works. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you guys. Thanks. <laughs> Name a more we iconic both, duo. We both had to like pause and laugh. Like, I think because we, you know what, Rudy, we are kind of, you know what I think it is? I think why it works. Well, why it works with you and Megan, like where people can be different, but it, it still works. And I know that for Rudy and me that we both are genuinely curious and I think that that's, we're both um, eternal students. So I think that that's one of the reasons why, despite different things, that core value is there. And we're both, I think, good natured. Like neither one of us like the type of humor that disparages somebody or would embarrass anyone. And so the core value is the same, even though, you know, like he's afraid of aliens and um, he thinks demons. that- Demons, demons. <laughs> okay, and demons. <laughs> uh, skiing, yeah. I'm against skiing. I think it's illegal. We, yeah, we I hate it. Um, both have I, great hair. I can go on, I can go on forever about <laughs> Years. We don't have enough time. Aaron's got to go. We've been talking to her for a while. We're gonna start I know, talking about Aaron. Thank you. You're crazy. Aaron is so kind and generous. And she is. She really, she really, she really kind and generous to be like... giving her time to us, and and we love her for that. And we'll continue okay. to promote her. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, I'm looking forward to hearing more Popspiracy. I'll put the link in the show notes. Is there anything else other than let's say we got a hot pizza ass? Is there anything else you want to throw out? Projects you were just in Utah. Something else you want to. Tell our uh, listeners about. 
you know, I, I just filmed a movie, but who knows? Congratulations. Thanks. The title might change. I don't know. But like once I have something to promote, I'll let you know. But yeah, Sweet. you guys should please, please come on Popspiracy and feel free. We'll intro you guys and give shout outs to your pod. Oh God, Rudy, you, we're going to have to come up. We're going to, you yeah. know what? Rudy I loves be on that film noir. I, I no. want to be on that alien. That I, want to talk, I, want to, I want to talk about Area 51. I know my shit. Okay, please really, come really on. Well. Our next like two <laughs> episodes are all aliens. It's Monday nights on Spotify Green Room at 8 p.m. Please jump up and participate. Or if any of your listeners want to, or if any of your students want to, they can always come in and participate. And uh, yeah, <laughs> and obviously, if we see you guys in there, we're going to give you the biggest shout out and the warmest welcome <laughs> to your show. <laughs> and you know, thanks for mentioning my students. My students love you. So, I mean, they love the episodes, the two episodes that you've been on. I've shared it. I mean, it's just, thank you for doing that. And it's just, it means a lot to them to hear a female comedian just to talk about the entertainment industry and be honest about it. And then we talked about social media. So thanks for mentioning them because it means a lot to them. Of course. And thank you guys so much for having me again. <laughs> you always okay. got a place here, man. You always yeah. have a place here. <laughs> If you want to sure. promote anything, just come on and just talk. All right. <laughs> Likewise, gonna have you guys back on Pop Pizza Ass Podcast. Thank you so much, Aaron. Thank you, guys. Bye. Good is in the Details is produced by Dr. Gwendolyn Dolsky and Rudy Salo. You can get in touch, good is in the details pod at gmail.com or on Instagram, good is in the details pod, or also on Facebook. And if you'd like to support the show and get more content, you can check us out on Patreon patreon.com slash good is in the details until next time bye